Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accent. Oh, golly <laughs> gosh, jeez. <laughs> so apparently the other night at dinner, Zach said something that like riled me up. We were like talking about planning and I was like, no, <laughs> we like need to get our flights or whatever. And my accent just like kicked into high gear. Went nuts. And he was like... When I'm nagging, it always comes out. (laughs) Always. It was like, whoa. There's a whole bag of recycling. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? Oh, (laughs) I'm Kenyan. And I'm Lucy, and I'm wearing ears because Kenyan and I are wearing the same fucking thing. Nobody can tell us apart as is, and then we decided to wear the same sweatshirt. These are ears for the purpose of differentiation. (laughs) And I'm Amanda. Everyone fucking knows who I am. Yeah, I'm a walking distinction and the changeable face, (laughs) Mm, rubber face. (laughs) It's pretty much Botoxed in place right now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, how does your lip feel? Fine. Yeah? Yeah. You happy oh, with it? You good? Yeah. It's, it's mobile. She cute. Yeah? yeah? She is it's, cute. My forehead is completely immobilized. Yeah, actually, that's kind of amazing. It looks amazing. Oh, yeah. wow. It looks it like does, porcelain. It does look good. Can you move your eyebrows? Your brows? Not oh, even a, li- only a little. Only a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> only a tiny amount. <laughs> Love old, it. Old bottle face. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be very judgmental about the Botox and think, all in. And now I'm like, I just need to schedule my appointment. I am 34. <laughs> it is preventative. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Well, uh, speaking of body image issues, we have a very <laughs> special episode. This week brought to you by our fan picker, Katie Nash. Mm. Nash Attack. And Katie has selected the topic of K-pop crimes. That they have. Katie yes. K-pop. excited for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was actually really fun. <laughs> I'm excited to learn a lot about K-pop because I don't know that much about it. Mm-hmm. Buckle um, up, sweetheart. Really excited. <laughs> and it's an amazing world that so much of the planet is like plugged into and Korean I need to culture like culture is amazing it really is mm-hmm. we're all we've all been obsessed with squid game as we record this so I feel like it kind of just is a magical tie-in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah let's get right to the wine crime pairing for k-pop crimes I love it well the recommended pairing today was soju mm-hmm. which is like a traditional Korean alcohol, similar to sake, I'd mm-hmm. say. It's like and a rice wine. It's like a rice wine, but in, I mean, in the Japanese sake world, they hate when you say that. It's like wine is wine, beer is beer, sake is sake. You wouldn't say like beer is wheat wine. You know what I mean? Oh, so it's okay. like its own standalone alcohol, but similar to sake, soju is a clear, 
colorless distilled alcoholic beverage of Korean origin, which is obviously not similar to sake because that's Japanese. It is traditionally made by distilling alcohol from fermented grains. So one of the most popular fermented grains to use for making this alcoholic beverage, this distilled beverage, is rice. The, quote, rice wine for distilled soju is usually fermented for about 15 days, and the distillation process involves boiling the filtered, mature rice wine. So they do make, like, a rice wine Mm -hmm. initially, and then they further ferment it to end up with this, like, very clear... It's almost like a liquor. I mean, it doesn't have quite as high of an alcohol content, but it has a much higher ABV than wine. So it usually is in the sweet spot of like 15 to 20 percent, which you do not see in a lot of wines. And it can go as high as 35 percent ABV. So it's, it's sort like, of like a port in, in the yeah. in, in the in the flavor distillation process totally. and that aging. Yeah, it has. Mm. Well, it's yeah, it's fermented for another 15 days after reaching that like rice wine product. And then the distillation process involves boiling the filtered mature rice wine in a sot or a cauldron topped with soju gori, which is two storied distilling appliance with a pipe. So like the soju gori is a specific. Kind of like a filtered coffee or like a yeah. bunch of beakers. Right. It's like so, moonshine. Yeah, I mean, it's a distilled it's a distilled liquor with like very mm-hmm. specific traditional techniques and technologies mm-hmm. to make it. So the name soju I think comes from the like the distilling machinery process. Yeah, that they use. Just real quick cuz I have a question. So, is it kind of is the flavor a little more like mild like sake would be versus like baijiu which is like Chinese the devil semen. It's it's milder. <laughs> it's, Baijiu is more like a liquor. Yeah, Baijiu like a really is hard not to drink Chinese liquor. Ain't ever oh, clear. Yes. So soju is a little more delicate. It also it's has a little bit more of a sweetness floral. to it. Right? No. Okay. It's not like cool. that. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, and you drink it straight. You drink it chilled. Like you do drink it like a like a nice cold sake. Can you drink it heated like you can with sake? I didn't I love see that hot sake. I didn't see that. And typically the sake that's hot is like the cheap, crappy sake. So they eat well, it up. Well, so that's like, what I like. Can't taste how <laughs> cheap it is. I have a gutter palate and I don't care. Bud heavies and hot sake. Let's fucking Bud- go. Let's do it. <laughs> so in the 1920s, over 3,200 soju breweries existed throughout the Korean peninsula. So it's been like a very popular and established traditional beverage making industry in Korea. Cool. And I, you can get it at Total Wine, mm-hmm. which I did, but I did leave the bottle upstairs and I poured it in my kitchen and then brought my glass downstairs in like a fever dream. So nice pop, but yeah, I'm sipping it right now. <laughs> nice, well, there nice, it is. Nice tink. Love you can it. See how, nice. Like love it's it, love very it. clear. Mm-hmm. As you can see, it's not sparkling. Like, you can't... It's barely carbonated. Like, it doesn't seem mm-hmm. that carbonated. Like, you don't see bubbles rising at all on it. But mm-hmm. it is carbonated? It's not. I Like, as oh, far okay. as I can tell, it's sort of like... It has some of that, like, effervescence of a wine, but not even. Like, it doesn't seem mm. even as carbonated as a white wine. So it's magic. It's really good. Cool. Ah, mm-hmm. Well, cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's... All right. Friggin' Thai stock. We're all drinking well, light spirits today. We light are. Juices. So, Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych for oh. 
K-pop crimes. Ooh. No say. Oh, get, okay. get my boat bones. Boat, boat, goat bones. Your goat bones. The boat goes. Your boat goes. So K-pop is short for Korean popular music Hmm. and is a genre of music originating in South Korea, not to be confused with North Korea. (laughs) North Korea (laughs) has yet to to hit the pop music scene, but they haven't embraced it it yet. They also are likely not listening to this podcast. No. 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 But just to be just to be clear, we're talking about Korea, but like South not Korea. North right. Korea. So this music has a million different influences from R&B, gospel, jazz, hip hop, Caribbean dance hall, wow. salsa, folk, country, electronic dance, and classical music in addition to traditional Korean music. So this genre, as far as, like, influences, is all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. They're just like, whatever, we're going to take what works. We're going to try it. Try it all. Mm-hmm. You're going to take what Light works. Light it up like basically. dynamite. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh. It's smooth like butter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this music is described as pop on crack, mm-hmm. or it's it's very optimistic. It's fun. It's energetic. It's also really hard to describe if you've never heard it. So here is how NPR puts it. Amazing. Can't K-pop, wait for this. K-pop is, quote, a maximalist dreamland full of color, high concept performances and videos, a plethora of performers and unrivaled choreography. If top 10 in America wanted solo singer singers so soft every breath was caught on mic over a mid-tempo chorus, a la Billie Eilish, that was mm. my editorializing. Okay. Mm-hmm. K-pop appeared to offer a genreless alternative, constant stimulation, euphoria delivered in eight to ten melodies, and fantastical harmonies in a single track. Mm. So, like, basically, if, like, Backstreet Boys merged with, like, the board game Candyland. <laughs> Every genre yes. in existence. That is a wonderful... Thank you. <laughs> That's a wonderful <laughs> way to put it. Yeah, Totally. So while I was writing my notes, I was watching a Netflix episode of the show Explained, if you've ever heard of it. It's like short oh. little 20-minute episodes of just various topics explained okay, by professionals well, I've never and heard experts of that, and blah, blah, blah. And it sounds amazing, and I'm going to start so watching that. Good. It So like I said, very short episodes. There's like billionaires and the female orgasm and cryptocurrency. Well, and I need that explained for sure. Right, and the one orgasm. of these ep- the orgasm. one of these <laughs> I know what you meant. I one get of these Bitcoin, episodes. I don't get my bits. <laughs> one of these episodes is on K-pop. So cool. A lot of my notes is fr- are from this episode. Kind of like what Kenyon alluded to. There's quite a bit of overlap between how K-pop operates as a system and how boy bands in the U.S. evolved mm-hmm. and sort of therefore devolved. The yeah, 90s. like boy band yeah. boot camp yeah. for K-pop is next level. Mm-hmm. Well, like the origin of boy bands, it all evolved around like the mid-90s mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. And just the like curated personas and yeah, image. The matching outfits yeah. we'll get to. I'm sure we this. will, yeah. 
So if you're interested in this episode of Explained, it aired in season one. It's like the fifth or sixth episode. It's cool. very interesting. I'm totally going to check that out. That Highly recommend awesome. the whole series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just short little snippets. It's very consumable. Mm-hmm. Okay. So back in 1992, a new band called Sauteji and Boys performed on a nationally broadcast TV show in mm. South Korea. But the judges didn't think there was enough melody and gave them poor reviews, actually the lowest reviews of all of the people performing in that specific episode, because mm. it was so drastically unfamiliar to the audience. Oh, okay. it was like too new. Too poppy, it was, not enough ballad. Well, and I think that the ascension from what that culture was used to compared to what Sauteji brought was like, what the fuck? Well, I know we've mentioned this a million times. I can't even enjoy this. Like, it's it's so, yeah. It's like the psychology behind why people with anxiety rewatch the same shows, Mm -hmm. like The Office, over and over again. It's Mm -hmm. like that predictability. And then people get really thrown off when something, like, totally new Mm-hmm. comes in. I mean, I know that my anxiety disorder is why I resist like most new trends until it's already been around long enough to just seep into everything around me. And mm-hmm. then and I'm then like, you're all okay, I'll get on TikTok. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think <laughs> we that's all also just saw that one coming. Mm-hmm. That's also just human nature. You know, mm-hmm. that's not just like people with anxiety or whatever. It's, it's just human nature. And when you mm-hmm. have a country like Korea, which is so entrenched in tradition Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like doing as your elders have done. It was just, it was, it was a lot. Mm -hmm. It was a big, it was a big uh, left turn. Yeah. It was a, it was a leap. So hits, hit songs before this performance were known as quote unquote healthy songs. Hmm. So these were songs and styles essentially imposed by the government. Ooh. Okay. The, yeah, that was it was heavily censored. Mm-hmm. Well, it, not I would say not as censored as, for example, North Korea, obviously, or right. even China, but mm-hmm. they were designated by the go- they were approved was- by the government on some level before they were put on like one of three sanctioned TV channels. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, okay, yeah. So. These songs and styles, like I said, were imposed by the government. There were a lot of musical variety shows on TV, variety, mm-hmm. showing either patriotic music or what they called safe music. So it was, was extremely like G-rated. Got it. Okay. Like, like folk songs or like. Yeah, like probably folk songs would be more like patriotic, but G, like the safe music would be like, mm-hmm. oh, I love this girl, but I can't touch her. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. palatable, traditional, mm-hmm. very, gentle very music. 1950s sock hop. Yeah, very vibes. conservative. Mm-hmm. Conservative. Yeah. That's a, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So. Sauteji signaled a massive change. They wore really odd Western style clothing. They had lots of synchronized energetic dancing. They were dramatically different. Mm -hmm. And if you watch this performance of them on that particular show in 1992, I guess. Can't wait. Yeah, it was was two. Then they performed. But it, it... it's like you can see the shock on the judges' faces, and you can also <laughs> just like tell how fucking weird this whole thing was. Right. It's very bizarre. I love it. So Sauteji was described 
accurately, in my opinion, as the Korean New Kids on the Block. Okay. Mm -hmm. This group introduced American hip-hop fashion to Korea, so such as baggy clothing, skiing outfits, and, like, (laughs) full-ass winter mittens. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, like, um, they look like oven mitts. Like, Seth Green can't hardly wait. Yeah. yeah, ensemble. Yeah, like 80s yeah. ski suits yeah, that became like, just leisure wear fashion. I love it. It was like That's barely amazing. leisure wear. Well, it was right. like very much sports wear. It yeah, was like I mean, be- it was like, barely leisure wear in the 80s either, but people fucking went for it. I gotta put I, I gotta it. put some pictures of the mittens on the drive because yes. they're like they're like oven mitts. Yeah. And they're yeah. just doing all their routines with these big ass like fucking mittens. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I love society, like any place, anytime is so fucking bizarre. And we can look back it. on now and be like, oh. what the fuck were we thinking? We I went mean, back to middle parts. I'll take off my cat ears now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was trying it's- to differentiate, but you know what? It it's what it's. Okay, so their mittens. Also, their songs were made up of controversial lyrics, disrespecting older generations, which Ooh. was not super common. So, like, lyrics like, and I'm paraphrasing, but, like, our our parents made these cages and now we're living mm-hmm. in these cages. Like, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Totally. Yeah. A little angsty. A little uh-huh. bit of angsty. A little angsty. A little edgy. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So these were perceived as going against traditional Korean customs. And as much as the adults didn't like it, the kids were like kind of into it. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly like the fashion and that shocking cultural element. They were like, oh, yeah. Teenagers going to teen. Yeah. Youth rebellion defies like all culture. Mm -hmm. It just always fucking happens. It is. It is a form of mm-hmm. development mm-hmm. it's it's culture is mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. so a record executive and producer at the time uh lee suman nailed it saw this new k-pop style as the next big export or as he called it a cultural commodity mm. so he was like very much ahead of his time this is in yeah. the mid 90s wow his entertainment company called SM Entertainment created the boy band HOT or Hot, and this was modeled after Sao Teji. Mm. Sao Teji. There are lots of similarities between these groups, including their unique style choices, like the fucking mittens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cute. Choreography was also a really big thing. So basically, Soman created a, he produced a formula for what was to be the future of K pop groups. He like, there's a specific formula, and he was yeah. at the advent of said formula. Wow. He was the blimp master. Right. He was the blimp master. Mm-hmm. So in the mid-1990s. Backstreet blimps. <laughs> Backstreet blimps. All right. <laughs> All right. In the mid-90s, Asia experienced a big economic drop, and South Korea decided that Lee, Lee Soman was right They could use their music and arts culture as a global commodity. Mm -hmm. So the literal government, the Korean government, which had formerly essentially censored modern pop music, was now investing a full 1% of their national budget to promoting their music. Their pop music. I mean, the French government promotes French pop music and has like all kinds of rules for like 
what percentage of songs played on the radio in France have to be like actually from France, from France and oh. yeah. French. Yeah. Hmm. So like a lot of Canadian songs like slip in, but like as long as they're like in the French language because they didn't want everything to be taken over by like English right. pop music. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that was I super like smart. And I feel like in the in the mid 90s, especially this was very like progressive thinking mm-hmm. and also from a traditional Korean standpoint where just a few years earlier they were actively censoring Right, yes. this Big kind of music, around. and now yeah. they're just like, "Oh fuck yeah, we got to make some money." This could yeah, work. It's a leap forward. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. money, money moves the world. Well, comparison to the leap forward might not be totally yeah. appropriate. Fuck it, look at ABBA. <laughs> yeah, that was basically what they were saying. Exactly. Oh, we'll get to ABBA. Actually, is ABBA yeah. the original K-pop band? We'll get to it. It's <laughs> way pop. <laughs> Okay. Sway pop. pop. <laughs> okay, so the Korean government is investing 1% of their national budget to promoting their this K-pop music. One of the people in charge of one of the firms responsible for this was a former member of Sautaji and and Boys, mm. and they created much of the withstanding elements of today's K-pop music. Nice. So I guess at this time, like mid late nineties, we weren't using the term K-pop. We're kind of just using like various terms of music originating in Korea, but it right. wasn't its own genre yet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there was they started it. There was yeah. a clear there's beginning. It's a, mm-hmm. a growth period. Let's start cool. at the very beginning. So that ended up being like a five billion global industry, Dang. billion dollar global industry, and yeah. actually probably more now because that number yeah. was from the explained episode, which was released in 2018. So yeah. I'm sure it's oh more yeah. Than that. Way more now. It's probably that much per year. Oh yeah. Oh, I think that I think it was annual, but yeah. Within Korea, K-pop groups are called idol groups. I-D-O-L, not okay. like idol. Yeah. An entertainment company scouts for individuals with singing and dancing talents and basically throws them together to form an extremely polished performance troupe. So what was that show on MTV that your mom liked? Making Kenyan? the band. Making, Making the, the band. band. When my mom had her hysterectomy <laughs> and was looped on pain meds. Following that was it, her baby. surgery. She loved she, making she the band. Loved I love that. Making the band and literally was brought to actual tears, like sobbing, was so upset because <laughs> Ashley Angel was homesick for Hawaii. And she was like, he just wants his mom. I oh, loved Ashley Angel. God. I bought his CD. Yeah. His My solo, tri- his solo and I just, album. I remember, I think I was in like eighth grade and I just was like... Wow, I don't what know. What is happening? I don't know what my mom is going through, but I'm going to go into it's my room. It's a lot. It's something. <laughs> it's yeah. something. Something else. Amazing. And then she like, you know, healed and went off the pain meds and like, you know, healed. Didn't, didn't care about fucking, uh, what was that? Ashley O-town. Angel. O-Town. O-Town. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. So this is basically an off-camera. 
Making the band. Making the band, yeah. I love it. So this process can take years, and we've Mm -hmm. also discussed this process in our Motown Murders episode. Mm, So it's like that that factory system of scouting people with talent, various talents. Who also are really attractive. Who also are attractive, fitting them together in a way that makes sense so that their chemistry vibes, and then like, here's a band. There you go. Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes that chemistry is short-lived and we mm. will get to it. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. I was so excited. Oh, so in terms of, like, how these bands are made up, there are typically at least five members and they each play a specific role. Mm-hmm. So we have the leader, the singer, basically the only one who can, like, sing really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dance uh, – oh, also the singer will come with, like, a, like a, like a sub-singer, like the, the one who can sing the second best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then we have the dancer also comes with the one who can, like, dance the second best. Mm-hmm. The rapper, the youngest one, which in Korea is called the makne, and the oldest one, which is called the matne – Mm-hmm. The center, which is always the one in the middle, mm-hmm. okay, which is basically the Amanda, the one with the okay. weird hair. Yeah. <laughs> the visual, so like the most attractive one, mm-hmm. the Kenyan, mm-hmm. and the and the all rounders, mm-hmm. plural, maybe the ones who can like kind of do it all, huh? Mm-hmm. So okay. it's just very bizarre. Just like you, so there's some overlap. You, you fill in the a role. Oh, there's it's totally oh, yeah. overlap. Yeah, there's totally overlap. But like in general, there has to be at least one to fulfill each or right. most of these roles. You know, whereas right. like for boy bands, the roles are a little bit different. There's like the smoke show. Yeah, yeah like the jock. The, the goofy drop. one. The go- yeah, yeah, exactly. The boy next door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing, except like these are kind of, these are a little bit more specific. Yeah. And I also don't think that there's much of an illusion between like K-pop fans and who these K-pop stars sort of like represent. Like I think they, they understand that these guys or girls are fulfilling specific roles Mm-hmm. That doesn't really diminish the the magic. Well, you know usually what I mean? fans are way more like with it than the industry will give them credit for. You I know? think so. Yeah. Like they know what they're consuming. Yeah. Also, these members have to be very clean, meaning they 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 shouldn't have any scandals in yeah, their past. We'll, we'll get to that. There's no like trashing hotel rooms. No. And also in terms of their music, like lyrics and stuff, love is the biggest topic. So they are never or should be never allowed, you know, actually allowed to disclose a romantic relationship publicly mm. because there's especially with the with the boy with the boys, the boy bands, mm-hmm. they have to be publicly available to any of their fans like right. they, they have, they have yeah. a chance with them. Uh-huh. Right. Which mm-hmm. totally worked for sixth grade me and yep. Nick Carter. Mm. Thousand percent. Yeah. And O Tau. <laughs> was that Nick was Carter the get? Was his? That was he's the Justin one. Timberlake of the Backstreet Boys. Right. As, right. Or so the they one? thought. No, no. That's Lance no. Bass. 
He was the blonde oh, lead Lance one. Bass. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah also, yeah. congratulations yeah. to Lance Bass and his partner. They just yes. welcomed their first baby. They had twin. I think <gasps> twins. Babies. Yeah, you're right. Twins. Mm-hmm. Fraternal boy girl twins. Thank you, TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason I know that. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good job. Good for you, Lance. We did it. We did it. We welcome Lance. (laughs) My dreams are crushed, but congrats or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. So most K-pop bands nowadays are acronyms, so they don't need to be translated between different languages, which is another component of their globalization strategy. Oh. Mm -hmm. So if you you notice, so we started with, I have to scroll back up to my how to pronounce this because I'm a horrible person. Scroll back up to the Sauteji group, which Mm -hmm. is spelled S-E-O-T-A-I-J-I, which is the full name of one of their members. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Sauteji, it's... It's not. It's it, their doesn't name. Roll, it doesn't roll off the tongue for a lot of people who weren't who aren't familiar with Korean names. Uh huh. So now you have bands like BTS mm-hmm. that bind, really torture, sing. <laughs> <laughs> I assume. How long have you been sitting up? Since <laughs> okay, actually. <laughs> I appreciate the ass because <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. I'm so I'm glad so you asked. Glad you asked. <laughs> Last night, Bill and I took a soak in the hot tub outside, and then I took a shower, <laughs> and sitting. I was like, "Oh my god, I really need to work on my notes." And a lot of working on my notes is just shower thoughts. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and in the shower, I audibly laughed. To myself at Bind Torture Sing. And then I was like, I got to remember to say I that. Gotta, I got to use that's gold. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad that you was asked. So um, good. That was good. Uh, that was fucking good. It's so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. So stupid, but I love I it. I know. I love it too. Okay. So Bind Torture Sing is one <laughs> example. Yeah. EXO, or I think it's pronounced XO, <laughs> just mm-hmm. in layman's oh, terms. Oh, XOXO, the wine and crime gals. Got it. EXO. Makes have sense. Two, actually, this, <laughs> this might apply. Have two members specifically designated to sing in Mandarin rather than Korean. So oh, wow. Well, you know XOXO. what? XOXO. <laughs> You're going to have a whole nother market for your music, and I love it. Let's we will it. be releasing the Mandarin versions of this podcast. Yes. In 2022. So that would don't be even worry. Fucking amazing. I'd be so happy. I would escape to South America with no forwarding address. Okay. So EXO, they have two members designated to sing in Mandarin rather than Korean. So they have two different versions of all of their songs. Love wow. it. Which are EXOM Mandarin or EXOK Korean. But you know Amazing. what? It is honestly just like fucking Justin Bieber and fucking Despacito. Yes, oh, exactly. Uh, I mean, tons this of is, these are American. Not unique. Yeah. These are not no. unique concepts. Tons of American at all. artists do Spanish language albums. Yeah. Tons yeah. of them do it. Yeah. Yep. yep. And vice versa. Hello, Selena. Yeah. Oh, Selena. Yeah. Well, Selena's, as we know also, from that episode, hip, hips don't lie. Selena, uh, Shakira. Selena Shakira. was not a like she didn't speak Spanish. Spanish speaker. No. 
Really? No. No. She learned it to tap into the Spanish market. She yeah, and she didn't even really speak it. She grew up speaking English. Yeah, like know that. You know, she, yep. Well, you I'm did sure know she, that because we definitely talked about it. But she was on like that more episode. conversational than fucking any of us are in Spanish. Yep. But like she learned her early Spanish songs from her mm-hmm. first Spanish album, just like phonetically. Yep. Well. That is how a lot of people learn a second language. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah. But yeah, I just Brilliant. think this is interesting. Like the, all this crossover linguistically, and it's not just for Asian languages. They mm-hmm. do it in English and and you oh, know, all well, over the band. Language, do you guys mm-hmm. remember the band Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their first album or first like big album that hit was entirely in English, but they're mm-hmm. French and yeah. like their English is like really shitty mm-hmm. like all oh their my lyrics God, I forgot. were yeah. like really kind of weird and off because they were singing in a language that they did not mm-hmm. understand I remember that now mm-hmm. okay so a lot if not most of these K-pop songs are also written by composers in the US and Sweden yeah right. now along with them quite a lot of potential for genre mashups so here's my ABBA example this example being two Swedish composers writing a song for originally for a U.S. group to be performed in English that was eventually performed by K- K-pop group Red Velvet with a mm. melodic throwback to ABBA. Yeah. So basically, like you know, this in Dancing Queen, it's like and the lights are low. So that exact 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 same like callback, like a melodic callback. Happens yeah. in this Red Velvet song, which is probably that happened to be new. written by the Swedish guys. Yeah, oh, because I, I bet ABBA was not popular in Korea at the fucking time. Yeah, so in Korean culture, that so was probably pretty new, new, like disco. Well, it's I like mean, how Gen Z is like getting all these kind of callbacks mm-hmm. to '90s hip hop songs, and they think they invented them. Or even if it's wide just a gener- leg jeans. Even if it's just a generational thing, like kids who are listening to the, to Red Velvet have not typically listened to ABBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about your like geographical it's location. It's new to them. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. But sometimes the, n- the mashing. Oh, what? I was going to say the number of times that Zach will find out that a riff or something or a sample from one of his favorite like rap songs is actually like a classic song rock, or like yeah. Motown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like Ghetto a Superstar. Yeah, like a exactly like anything like that. He's always just like so fucking shocked because mm-hmm. he I was always subjected to like my the originals. Yeah, exactly. Like my mom's music quote unquote oldies like anything mm-hmm. from like the 50s 60s 70s whatever and he just wasn't mm-hmm. you know like he just like only listened to hip hop and so he's always just shocked and I'm like oh everything fucking- is derivative Ev- yeah, everything we are everything. too old and the world is too old for mm-hmm. any new ideas mm-hmm. enjoy yep. that and cry yourself to sleep yep that's everything said- is dust it's also, always Soju worth it. is strong, and I am already drunk. <laughs> that said, it's always worth it to go back and hear the originals because they're usually yeah. just as good, if not better, oh my than whatever God. they ripped off of. Islands in the fire. stream, baby. Uh, 
That is what you are. Oh. Yes. <laughs> that is what you are. I <laughs> Coming from afar. Okay. Oh. So <laughs> moving on. Sometimes these, the, the mashing. <laughs> if you guys couldn't tell. Are you okay? <laughs> it was my headphones. We're in episode two, by the way. <laughs> We're all a little bit turned. But I scared my The owl was a fear reaction. We recorded reaction. a thing before this thing, and we're doing great. You guys, we're professional. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's basically like a drunk totally dive, fine. but an actual episode. If you think this is funny, join our really <laughs> join our Patreon. <laughs> you can see how fucking red my face is. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Let me just get through this so we can take okay. a pee break. <laughs> never, push, never. Push hold it in. Okay. It makes you drunker when you hold your pee. Nope. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> the mashing can be a lot. And there oh. is one song by a K-pop group called Girls' Generation that mixes pop, hip-hop, EDM, trap, and like five other genres okay, into one song. And it, is, is it comes lot. off, I listen to it, it comes off as extremely manic for the uninitiated. So I wouldn't recommend starting with that song, but it exists. Trap might be tough. Honey, it's, I don't a, know. it's a very dynamic song. Yeah, I so love it. I'm production, ready. Production value-wise, if you've ever seen like a K-pop video, they're typically very mesmerizing, very colorful. There's lots of choreographed dance moves, as we've discussed. The storylines don't make any sense, but that's okay because they're like as, like ascendant. They're like beyond storylines. Mm-hmm. These visually appealing videos help to drive virality on the internet, and we will get to it because the actually the video the visual component is a very important part to how this spreads around the globe fucking mtv man mm-hmm. not even mtv fucking tiktok twitter all that well, stuff. Right, I know, right. but, but music know. television music you know video vision I'm, mtv I hasn't been music oriented in a very long time VH1. i get i get what you mean pop up Video. It's super not relevant anymore. I'm so sorry. So 2011 was the first time K-pop groups performed en masse outside of Korea, and it was a huge success. So these touring bands such as Super Junior, ever heard of it? Sorry, sorry, sorry. It was popular the year we were in China, and we only knew about it because of proximity. And the only lyrics I know are sorry. And another band called 2NE1, numerical 2NE1. Oh, amazing that they came up with that. Wait, wait. 2NE1. K-popify your name. Generator. Let's see. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Prove that the efforts towards global consumption were deaf paying off. Like yeah. the world loved this shit. Mm-hmm. In 2012, PSI or Psy released Gangnam Style. Yes. Ever heard of it? Oh my fucking God. 
It absolutely exploded and like literally nobody, including PSY, knew why. It just hit, man. And it according So here's a little bit about I'm I'm saying PSY and also Psy because he pronounces it two different ways. Like the so I'm his name is Park Jai Song. So he you, you don't know hear Gangnam it. Style. It's just for me. Gangnam I know. Style. I just want to hear one. it. It's this one. I know what oh, song yeah. it is. But I he, want to listen to it. <laughs> he was basically he he made his name as both like an acronym and also as the start for the word psycho psychotic. So oh. like that's kind of what he. Mm-hmm. But his name his name is Park Jae Song, also known as controversial and satirical hip hop artist. And just for context, Gangnam is like a super bougie part of Seoul, South Korea. And this is a quote from Wikipedia. In July 2012, Psy released his sixth studio recording, which was Psy, P-S-Y, six part one, which contained the single Gangnam Style, a lighthearted dance song that mocked the pretensions of people wishing to be associated with that particular area of Seoul. It's so basically slaps. It's so good. Oh, it it's slaps. It's so good. Yeah. I will never forget. Like it came out I was in grad school and like all the like Korean kids in my grad school like, you know, really repped it and loved it and whatever. And then at the our like prom for grad school, they like just it came on because it was like a hit song and they all and it just exploded. like oh it was like it was a crazy <laughs> it was crazy they just yeah. lost it oh, everyone they lost lose it. it everyone we all were just like oh i want to walk like down a- the aisle to this <laughs> <laughs> that would be it a was, throwback it was so fun there was like a huge circle of all of us Kid, and then like the Korean kids in the center just like rocking out. It was so Who's fun. doing the dance? Oh yeah. So the video for the single <laughs> featured a deadpan CSY. It's PSY, so good. There's so many horses in this Performing video. a distinctive comic horse riding dance at various incongruously Sexy unstylish lady. locations, including a horse stable and a parking garage. And this music video has over one billion views on YouTube. This is incredible. I haven't watched it in so long. It's been almost a decade. Okay, as we know from the boy band industry in the U.S., this factory style of music making can get out of hand really quickly. What was the guy, the Backstreet Boys, Lou, what's his name? Oh, yeah, the blimp guy. Bad guy. You covered him, Kenyon. Yeah, it's like Lou... It's not Ferrigno. <laughs> I was just going to say Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> Lou Perlman. Perlman. Yeah, Lou Perlman. Mm-hmm. So now that K-pop had the eyes of the world on it, many publications began scrutinizing the way in which these labels would handle their talent. So once again, the Korean government got involved... But this time, they passed laws specifically about how agencies can treat the artists making super long or super severe contracts illegal. That's so good. they made an anti-Lou Perlman legislation. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, never yeah, sign protect- a contract that's more than like two years. Yeah. Never. Oh, that's my God. Just, you, you can get through anything know. in two years. But yeah, I mean, two years ago, we were on tour. That was yesterday. Yeah. Right, yeah. like you just longer than two years, uh, don't do it. A lot yeah. can change. It's mm-hmm. a lot. 
So this was maybe my favorite part that this show unexplained made. The, and this is a the, the, that was the very friction between K-pop stars and these factory roots that they came from mm-hmm. is our quote, so K. They're so K, meaning that th- that it was highlighting this optimistic fairy tale view of if you work hard enough, if you're patient enough, if you endure enough, you will eventually achieve your dreams. No. This is a very Korean perspective. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But but also yeah. like There's a difference if my between... brow could could furrow, it would be <laughs> furrowed right now. If it were capable. Well, you can't furrow at something that has like traditional no, like no, no, historic, no, no. you know, sure. this 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 is this is this is their traditional sort of world view. So I get it. But I also guess the, the reason the wrong term. why if I could express curiosity and reason, confusion, I would do it. Yes. There there this friction between not wanting to have this like almost enslavement type uh, contractual obligations well, like, like the Backstreet Boys had, right. you know, versus mm-hmm. what these K-pop stars are having. There is still that sort of friction. There is a sort of like fairy tale, optimistic worldview. So that's kind of what they're saying when they say something is so K is like, right. oh, okay. you, you like you're really you're really leaning into this. You're really believing in like that your dreams will come true someday. Okay. That may, that makes sense to me. That I mean, does make sense. Yeah. Okay. But that's what the 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 term so K. It's so K. Okay, so now let's get to BTS, baby. Spine torture saying. Yes, spine torture saying, baby. They are currently one of the most popular bands on the fucking planet of Earth, and they have broken just about every music record in the U.S., where previously K-pop bands have had a very hard time finding a consistent audience. Like, Mm -hmm. Americans in general have not been very receptive to non-English-speaking or non-U.S.-based bands. I feel like Hmm. it's literally within, like, the last, like, seven years that Americans have even been, like, willing to venture outside of, um, like, English or American music. to K-pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woo! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Social presence has had a major, has made a major difference, a la TikTok. We'll get to it. Their audience, which is basically native to the internet, like, so, like, Gen Zers. Mm-hmm. Right. Honestly, millennials were essentially native to the internet. Listen, Not we quite, made the internet. I mean, Al Any, Gore made anyone the younger but. than us elder Al millennials. Gore. Yeah, yeah. Plus so, Al Gore. Listen, Al Gore made the internet, but the, the Al Gore can really tap in being Al Gore. <laughs> they can really tap in or feel like they're tapping into their individual personalities and chemistry as a group. So they're like feeling this vibe that is very unique to the internet native generations. Well, it's a great sense. feeling to like look at your idols in a row and be like I identify with number 4. Right. And I know this because I follow them on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and blah 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 blah. I feel like I have a personal insight into their personal lives. I know mm-hmm. them personally even uh. though it's completely curated. Yes. It is, but like th- that doesn't matter to somebody who feels those things, you know. True. Right. True. So BTS also has edgier lyrics than previous K-pop bands, so that's more appealing to newer generations. And again, here's a quote from NPR. 
K-pop fans, well, okay, I w- I should say this isn't this isn't about BTS itself, but it's about just like newer K-pop culture. K-pop fans themselves have dominated headlines in and outside of the pop culture arena for their recent political successes, using their digital native understanding to overwhelm white supremacist hashtags, crashing President Tr- former President Trump's Tulsa rally attendance yes, numbers. Yes. And Police apps meant to solicit information about Black Lives Matter protesters. I've seen this. Yes. It's amazing. Pressuring Fucking their idols yes. to take a stance and contributing millions in donations. So Listen. just because of... <laughs> I mean, K-pop fans are going to save the fucking world. I uh, think so. Like instead of K-pop, like the Bay Hive, it's the K Hive, man. <laughs> it's K Hive. Why not both? Yeah, the K So here's here are my final thoughts about K-pop. The fact that to American audiences, K-pop emerged from the internet and immediately took over platforms like TikTok, where TikTok, where people streamed and shared all of it. That makes K-pop, at least in the U.S., a novel phenomenon when it comes to especially music. K-pop represents cultural globalism. There are no borders, geopolitically or genre-wise. They are multilingual and multigenerational, and I really think that they're going to change. It sounds so cheesy to say that they're going to change the face of music. Like that's a very wide statement, but, it's like but I, but I really, but I really yeah, think that already have social media, music, pop culture phenomena, all that stuff is all becoming wrapped into one in a way that it hasn't been before. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm kind of into K-pop now Big for fan. more than just the music. The music's fun, but also just like this whole energetic vibe of newness and pro- progression is just really it's really cool so nice that's my segment and i'm kind i of love it K-pop now. so good love it. well done <laughs> thanks 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 well also, let's hear on the ad word. break please listen to gangnam style because it fucking oh i slaps. twist my arm okay <laughs> all right we're gonna hear a quick word from our sponsors and then my case Everyone has their own morning routine. Maybe you wake up early and do some yoga or go for a jog. I don't know what that is all about, but some people do that. I've heard heard of that. I think it's a thing to some people, but you know, a thing that is a thing to a lot of people is having a fresh cup of coffee Mm -hmm. in the morning to get your day rolling. And Beanbox elevates your coffee ritual even further with a curated selection of world-class coffees delivered right to your door. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, coffee in the morning for me is a non-negotiable, um, <laughs> must-have, and you're, you're not real without I'm not it. functional without it. And um, I'm also pretty picky about it, but I was also, like, skeptical of a coffee subscription box. I just was like, really? Do we really need this? But then I tried Beanbox, and it's so good. It's like, this is having a cup of coffee in the morning, and then again at three in the afternoon when you're, you know, kind of slumping, is such a key joy in my life every day and so I might as well treat myself and kind of class it up with 
different micro lot, you know, small batch, interesting, award-winning coffee roasts every month. And I also just really love the experience of like getting this box in the mail and like not knowing because we got like a sampler box and then like opening it up and seeing all the different ones we could choose from and they all had cool, fun names. It was just such a treat. Their variety is really impressive. Mm-hmm. So Beanbox believes that everyone deserves a taste of the world's finest coffees. And you can enjoy an endless variety of exclusive specialty coffees from award-winning roasters. These are all curated by Beanbox's own world-class coffee expert. And they just pick delicious stuff for you to try. So like my husband... Uh, recently had their bourbon barrel-aged Columbia roast, and he made it in our French press, and he was just raving about it the whole day, all Sunday. He was just couldn't stop talking about this coffee. And then um, I recently tried their organic French roast and felt very fancy. Ooh. So no other subscription coffee service offers the same incredible variety and quality, and these are always roasted and delivered at peak flavor. So none of that like, you know, big coffee chain burnt flavor. Yeah, when you could just tell they make it in enormous batches. They're just like, here you go. You're going to take what we give you. Yeah, no. I mean, coffee is important. Coffee is sacred. You might as well treat yourself to some good coffee. Love it. So take a guided tour through some of the best coffees in the world with Beanbox. Order today at beanbox.com forward slash gals and get your first tasting box for just $5 with promo code gals. That's your first monthly tasting box for just five bucks when you use promo code gals at beanbox.com forward slash gals and treat your morning cup of joe. Treat it. So obviously we love wine on this show. That's <laughs> not a secret. <laughs> but you know what we don't love? Wine mouth. Oh, red wine mouth. Red wine mouth, red wine teeth, red wine lips. No. It's no good. You know, you're like, you're enjoying a nice glass of red, maybe a pinotage with your friends, with your gals, and you go to the bathroom and you check that your teeth are completely stained and like weird and (laughs) Gray. gray. Yeah, it's not even red. It's gray. It's not a good look. So, we've got a solution for you. We discovered a new product recently, and the company that makes it is actually sponsoring this episode. Gasp, I know you're shocked. But we really love it when we get to talk to you about something that actually works and that is like a dream to use. Yeah, and that dream is Lumino. They have a whole line of teeth whitening products. And believe me when I say they don't make you super sensitive like every other tooth whitening anything that I've ever used. I know. My teeth are very sensitive. I, I, I wrote off a lot of those other teeth whitening products in the past because they just hurt my mouth too much, but not Lumino. Yeah. And so Lumino has a solution for that wine mouth that we were complaining about, and it is the Ultra Bright Pen. This is their newest product from Lumino. This product does two things at once. Firstly, it works as a stain guard, like against, so it's preventative. Mm -hmm. And it also whitens your teeth after the fact. 
So you brush the gel onto your teeth before drinking your red wine, your coffee, tea, whatever it is that might stain your teeth. And then you can enjoy your Merlot without the risk of that horrible gray wine mouth. Yeah. It's the best. And like all Lum- it's really the best. Like all Lumino products, the Ultra Bright Pen is certified non-toxic, microbiome safe, and it won't cause sensitivity. Because like we said, that is the worst part mm-hmm. about seeking these teeth whitening products. Yeah. I just it's just not worth it at a certain point. But Lumino is changing the game. Lumino is illuminating better ideas in oral care. And right now you can get 15% off on oralessentials.com using our code GALS. One more time, that's 15% off when you go to oralessentials.com and use our code GALS, G-A-L-S, and treat your teeth. Treat them. Are we ready for my case? No. Maybe. Probably not. All right. The K-pop group S hashtag or pound sign ARP. Pound for, sign. <laughs> pronounced sharp. No. They're from 1990. They're from 1998. So it was pound sign. Wow. It was not yet hashtag. It was bound. Amaze. Yeah. Going down to pound town. Pound town. So sharp was a South Korean pop group that was formed in 1998. The founding member of the group was a woman named Soji Young, who came from a wealthy and influential music industry family. So she had connections. Okay. And that was kind of how she was able to form this group. Got it. It's all about who you know. Mm, it really is. Mm-hmm. So the original lineup consisted of her, Soji Young, along with another woman named Lee Ji Hai, who won her spot by beating out one thousand others in an audition process. One thousand? Known as the Squid Game. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. (sighs) Twice as competitive as Squid Game. And three men named Jung Suk-hyun and uh, John Kim and Oh Hee Jung. The band's co-ed lineup was really unique at the time and even still today. Because the Korean pop music scene was mostly dominated by single gender groups. And this was two women and three men. I actually only ever saw just girl groups or boy groups in my research. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's interesting and it does kind of factor in. Okay. So in the first three years of their existence, Sharp released three hit albums in a row. So they are fucking crushing it. In this time, there was turnover of the male members of the group. So John and He Jong left and they were replaced. But it didn't really matter because it was always two girls, three guys, a couple guys left and were replaced, whatever. The two girls remained. So the two girls, Ji Young and Ji Hai. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm doing my best. We're trying our best. Yeah, we're trying our best. So in 2001, the band released their fourth album and their biggest one so far, titled Forever, like four ever, Feel So Good. Love it. Okay. Very very K-pop album title. That's so K. It is so K. (laughs) So the album's first hit single, Sweetie, which I definitely read as Sweaty. Uh-huh. <laughs> Been but there. It, but it's Am not. there. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's sweetie with a Y. 
<laughs> like Sweetie Bird, was a huge hit and topped the Korean pop charts for pop charts for charts. two weeks. Nailed it. According to one source, quote, driven by the vocals of Seoji Young and Lee Ji Hai, the song was bright, energetic, and super cute. It was unavoidable as it swept across the K-pop charts. So they've had three hit albums. Their fourth album comes out. They have a chart topper on the fourth album. Everything's looking good. Then in October of 2002, the band was scheduled to perform on a radio show called Music Bank. However, on the way to the scheduled performance, Lee Ji Hai and Soji Young were, quote, involved in a physical altercation in an elevator. <gasps> Like so, Beyonce and Solange. Well, oh, no, like Solange we'll never and know the details, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Oh, we'll never know. We'll, we'll never, never know. Fucking, I mean, and we, we know I who need, was to I know. I need to know. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's gonna be the two things I'm gonna die without knowing mm-hmm. are the confirmation on mm-hmm. who killed Jean Benet Ramsey and mm-hmm. the deets of that conversation between Solange and Jay-Z in that elevator. And for these reasons, I have a hard time existing as a human I being. think we I'll die know who killed Jean Benet. I'll we do die know. with a lot of questions, but they'll never be... They will never conf- burn as hot as either of those. Mm-hmm. I honestly think the Solange Jay-Z elevator thing burns much hotter than mm-hmm. John Bonet because I feel more confident him. about my Jean Bonet speculation <laughs> than I do about the Solange Jay-Z. I know. I just want to know, like I want to know the backstory. I know. I don't want broad strokes. I want every Deets. fucking detail. I want a recording. I want a recording. I know. I know. Yeah. Anyway, I what episode is this? I want a testimony from all responsible I want all three yeah. parties. Mm-hmm. Separate. I want yes. a season Interviews. of American Crime Story. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, good. But are I we agree. all watching the current season? Yes. Impeachment? Yes. Okay. Kenyon has a blank look. Oh my You're not god. You're not watching American Crime Story impeachment? I don't I never know what you're talking about. No, nope. <laughs> we'll take the we'll take this off air. There's too much There's too fucking Where much. Where do you find the time? <laughs> I never when know. When we're writing what notes for these episodes. Talking about. I don't when I don't have any episodes of Vanderpump Rules or Real Housewives or Below Deck to watch, <laughs> I watch American Crime Story. And right now it's about the Bill Ge- the Bill Clinton impeachment, Monica I, Lewinsky thing. I felt it's really so good about myself that I was caught up on Squid Game. No, no, but- no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Is that the one where it's like the witches? No. Okay, we're it's taking the same, this off It's air. the same creator as American Horror Story. To, I'm going to ta- give you that. It I'm, is the, sa- it is the same creator, but this is a that. real story. Th- there's no reason she would have known Clinton that. About the Clinton impeachment. Well, American blank story. There's a way she'd know that. Kenyon, I'm team Kenyon on that one tiny thing. <laughs> Enjoy not. it. Enjoy I'm it. Not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her lips. <laughs> give you a syllabus for your homework for the next please, semester. Please fucking do. Where do you I don't know Can how you, you just find cancel the time. our entire itinerary except 
the ghost tour I feel like for this I'm weekend always so we can just laundry. get caught up on TV. I feel like maybe I do more laundry than most people. See, I they never gotta... do laundry, so mm. that's definitely where I find my TV okay. time. Here's my trick. You get an <laughs> you get an iPad. So you can wa- <laughs> so you can watch it while you're hand washing your dishes, while you're doing your laundry, while you you're have holding your clothes. If you're you, it's a portable television. Okay. Okay. If you wash every single dish that you have in a dishwasher, you're dish. in the wrong. Pots and pans don't go in the dishwasher. I don't Certain fucking wash shit. I have a husband for that. Oh so anyway. my god. Okay, we're on <laughs> three very different levels. My point is, get an iPad, subscribe to Sling TV, you're fine. We have all the logins you need. So they're involved in a physical altercation in an elevator. Right, Solange, okay. (laughs) The exact start of the fight has been a matter of some debate, but it devolved into slapping and hair pulling Mm. by the two women slash co- co-members of this group. But they're like best friends, mm-hmm. I assume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are seems co-workers. Like so <laughs> they have a loose working relationship. <laughs> yeah. They, they have the, the factory situation. It's they not a whining crime gal situation. And oats. <laughs> oh. They weren't childhood friends. No. Yeah, exactly. So Paul and Oates is the they worst example of a working relationship. I know. No. That's my point. I, you made a really good point. Thank I'm you. Real, how could, how could really one person, Holland Oates, hate himself <laughs> so much? <laughs> so the exact Somehow the I manage. has been a matter of some debate. <laughs> it the works. Band's, <laughs> the band's managers... Separated the two, like when the elevator got to the next floor, whatever Wait. they were, they had to, they were separated, like us at the nail salon. That was because we were too friendly. For, was that Lucy's wedding? Uh, yes. I don't know. It was. It was the day before my wedding. Is when like, we were, we're separated. here as a wedding. Party and they were like, like, no, five of us were separated. (laughs) Courtney, Blortney, and Scott were there too. Courtney and Blot, Blortney and Blot were also there. My nails were were bright or traffic cone or amazing. (laughs) They were really the amount of times we have been separated by professionals. But that's because we're we get along too well. This is different. We're too much. We have never devolved into slapping or hair pulling. I mean, it it could happen, but like it hasn't yet. So I would never pull Amanda's hair. I would just come out. If I promise not to pull any of your hair, will you please not pull my hair? It's very expensive. I don't have a lot of boundaries, but I'm just that's just that's the one. Please. <laughs> no promises. So anyway. <laughs> you can pull my hair all day. I got I got hair to spare. You have such an abundance of hair. I don't it's have a lot hair. of hair. No. Lucy and I don't have much I have to work this with. much hair. <laughs> now I know your weaknesses. Lucy. Uh. It takes Lucy. This is going to be the longest episode ever. 
It takes Lucy like <laughs> four seconds to blow dry her hair. It's so endearing. I love it. I love your it hair. It takes me less than 40 seconds. I time it. I love <laughs> I love your hair. Around 30 seconds. It takes your me sweet like hair. 20 hair. minutes. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, anyway. That's why you don't watch TV. You don't have fucking time. I don't have fucking true. time. Oh, I blow dry my hair like once every two weeks. It's okay, you know what? Thing. Your life is really fucking hard. I like Thank haven't you. seen it until now. Thank you. I have not seen or acknowledged Thank your you, struggle. I'm uh. seeing it now. So I'm anyway. really sorry. So the band's manager separated the two women. Uh, but Lee was unable to cool off enough to go through with the planned performance. So she was like, fuck it. I'm out. I'm not performing. The rest Can you of imagine? Can you imagine if every episode we had to record live and if we were just over each other, we couldn't say, <laughs> fuck it. We're recording tomorrow because I don't want to ruin the illusion. Sometimes people, but we have had sometimes we've had. I don't want to fucking record with you two today. Can't do it. Not gonna I say love it you. Hasn't happened. I love you as much as I hate you, and I love you a lot. <laughs> but we always come back. We do. Listen, right? You're amazing. Yes, we're here right okay. now, having this conversation. Okay, good. <laughs> Lucy's a cancer. You can't fuck with her like that. I'm sorry. We're all good. I don't feel good about this. No, we're great. I'm all acknowledging. Good. I'm acknowledging their struggle. How how I can't if we did this show live, I think we'd all be dead. It's too I, much for me to think about. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> We're all good. Everybody's getting along. We're all good. Okay. So Soji Young and a male group member who went by the name Chris. <laughs> <laughs> just just Chris. Like Cher. I love it. We're the only ones to perform that day. Yikes. Oh. Wait, do you five. think anyone noticed? Two out of five. Two do you think anyone noticed? Oh, no. So this fight in the elevator and subsequent performance without one of the group's major stars, so Jihai, was the beginning of the end for Sharp. For Sharp. No shit. <laughs> no Sharp. <laughs> They really sharted themselves. <laughs> they sharp, sharped the bed. You sharp the bed. <laughs> so within a week, the band's management company, World Music Entertainment, announced that the group was Don't permanently disbanding. And s- I know, but no, no, no. same <laughs> representation. Oh, Marcus, no. I, Marcus, I'm texting Marcus right Marissa? now. <laughs> Thanks, Marissa. Did I tell you guys that I texted Marcus after I watched Accidentally? Pig and was like, what Pig? the fuck? Because yeah, he represents Nick Cage. <laughs> okay, like, I loved Pig, first it's of all. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, it's bad, If you don't love Pig, but you it's are soulless. Good. Go watch Truffle Hunters, the documentary. It's so good. Okay. I <sighs> So, <clears throat> also, if you're if your grudge with Nick Cage's uh, relationship <laughs> is with Pig, you haven't seen a lot of recent Nick Cage movies. I haven't. I haven't. I've only seen like like really good Nick Cage, and then 
and then Gone in 60 Seconds, Go and watch. then Pig. Gotta Go say, watch. Pig is the best Nick Cage movie in the it's last decade. But you gotta watch the Nick Cage 9-11 movie. No, I don't. Oh, I don't. No. That no, no. is no. bad. Okay. Also, what with the 20th anniversary as of recent, mm. I'm feeling like it's too soon. It is like too all, soon. all of these docs are coming back to me. I'm just like, oh my God, this it really is really However, this ruined our The woman everything. who wasn't there on Amazon Prime. Unreal. Holy shit, that's good. Thank you to Un- Alvin from fucking- Affirmative Murder for that okay. recommendation. Anyway, right. let's wrap this up so we can go watch TV. <laughs> so, salacious details began to emerge about Soji Young's cruelty to the other female members of the group that she had created. Ooh. So, remember, she is the one with like the family in the industry. She started the group. She is supposed to be the lead. Yeah. She's kind yeah. of a diva. She's being mean to everyone. Mm-hmm. So, according to interviews with Lee Ji Hai after the incident, the fight in the elevator had started when Soji Young had called her a quote useless bitch. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, oh my ow! God. Prompting, ow. Ow. prompting her, which is like maybe ooh. the best and most efficient you, insult ever. This bitch. Isn't that isn't that efficient? It cuts it, me deep, it, and no it, one said it to me. Dives deep. <laughs> yeah, I'm texting Bill right now to put this on my <laughs> list of as a season. Sorry, would say, oh no nos. Oh no no no! <laughs> this is on my list of oh no nos. I kind of love it. You so, can't call me a useless bitch. No, no, Mm-mm. not none of us are allowed to call each other a no. useless bitch. But no, it's an no. excellent slur. Yeah. But I'm keeping yeah. it in the back pocket because anyone gets all the hair. Back here. <laughs> I've got it the locked away. The ace in the hall. <laughs> Prompting her to respond physically in the elevator. She also claimed that the day after the elevator fight, Soji Young's mother had tracked her down and verbally and physically attacked her Attempting to rip her hair out. What's with the hair pulling? I don't like that. Mm-hmm. She stated in a tearful interview, quote, when I first got hit, I didn't know who it was. But when I turned around, it was Ji Young's mom. That would be a shock. That, Even I turn we- around, it's it's Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, watch out. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't she fuck could with kill. any of our moms. Never. No, no. Never no. fuck with my mom before either of yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> terrifying. They're all yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The women all, who made us all, are the scariest women in the world. They could the fuck out of you. Yeah. So Jihai's finishing Jihai's quote, quote, even though we did get into an argument, how can her mom hit me? Don't hurt my child. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. My or don't let me hear that you might have hurt my child. Mm-hmm. So Ji Young disputed this version of events, stating that Ji Hai had attacked her unprovoked in the elevator and that her mother did not become involved in the dispute. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, right. However, when others who were familiar with the relationship between the two women began speaking publicly, it became clear that Ji Young's version of events had very little support. She's fucking lying. 
In fact, it seemed that she had spent years bullying Jihai and enlisting her boyfriend and parents into doing so as well. So she started oh the group. She thought she could control everybody in the group. She enlisted bullying. her parents in this. Mm-hmm. The bullying mm-hmm. in like K-pop? It's bad. It's so not It's K. a lot. It's not K. My it's case is K. about bullying. Well, there you go. So Ji Young had tried on multiple occasions to get Jihai kicked out of the band, but the record label had stepped in, citing the band's success and the audience's fondness for Jihai. And that just enraged Ji Young even more because, like, it was her idea from the beginning and, like, she's supposed to be the star and, like, she felt like this other bitch was, like, you know, encroaching on her territory and the whole thing. This useless bitch. Mm. Right. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So the bullying scandal was a massive story with both tabloid media and fans speculating about the potential causes for Ji Young's hatred of Ji Hai. The consensus seemed to be that Ji Young was jealous of Ji Hai's ability to hit the high notes and like that's what the group had become known for was like I these mean, high note songs. I'm I hope you guys don't hate choir me. and like I mean, see it. Don't hate it's me. It's impressive. That much. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hit them. I can't hit them. You're the alto. I'm I the am mezzo alto. I'm the fucking. I can baritone. hit the low notes. Yeah, I am a. Baritone. Uh, I'm a baritone. <laughs> and for the fact Gia. that. <laughs> What'd G-I? she go? Gastrointestinal? G high. G high. G high. I be a. G-I. <laughs> it's your case. Giardia. Erica Giardi. She's bankrupt. Oh She's my God. Definitely lying. Oh, she's definitely lying. She's definitely lying. Okay, so anyway. So Ji Young is jealous of Ji Hai's ability to hit the GIs. Oh. And as the band became more successful, Ji Hai became known as the stronger singer oh. and was given more of the lead vocal part. No. No. <laughs> So, according to some I rumors... I'm feeling like deeply connected to this rivalry. <laughs> I, know, I know. Amanda is G. Young. Hashtag she was robbed. <laughs> so, according to some rumors, G. Young had originally wanted to simply recruit her, her friends to her band, not to actually hold auditions to find strong singers because she didn't want the competition. This and- is why... Okay, so... <laughs> Here's my theory about uh, my own lived experience. Um, This podcast, Kenyon didn't start this podcast. I did. What? This is, I I know that this is the theory, not the reality. And this was just a ploy for me to get as much attention as possible. Wait, what? And then I dyed my hair blue. Keep up. I dyed my hair blue and I got a bunch of tattoos and I got louder. (laughs) 
And then I was just like. That all tracks. And then I was just like, <laughs> these are my two best friends, but look We're at so me. <laughs> I mean, like this a kind, little bit, though. It's kind of feeling like my personal story. Well, you don't so want to be dies at the end. I know. <laughs> I'm the bad one. That's, I'm admitting to being the bad one. Okay, so. <laughs> Ji Young had resented Ji Hai's <laughs> presence from the beginning. Oh God! So after oh, Sharp, God. after Sharp disbanded, Lee Ji Hai went on to have a successful solo career. Unlike Ji Young, which one am I? You're Ji yeah, Young. Which one is she? Oh, okay. Okay, well, she's the young one. Changing the narrative. In 2017, okay. she appeared on an she, she appeared on an episode of a TV show called Human Documentary and opened up about her painful experiences in Sharp. She described how Soji Young had relentlessly, physically, and verbally bullied her until the situation had become so untenable the management company had forced them to pull the plug on the successful group. So that is how yeah. fucking bad it was that like they had four hit albums. Not worth everything it. was and the management company was like, never nope. mind. These, these, <laughs> these bitches are fun. gonna kill each other. So you got rabid. <laughs> so it's done. You're it's fucking Feral. I can't. How often do you think WME is having this conversation about it? I imagine they're like they're fucking feral. I I fucking I can't. They're Our office has a desk with like our logo under a big red button, and every day they're just like, "Is this the day? Is this it?" Or they have the countdown. It's like however many days without like a domestic dispute. Never. It's like zero days. I'm sending all of our team at WME a big red button. They've never been involved in any of our disputes. No, not yet. Locked down. It's like prison. (laughs) No, they're all internal. You're right. We should each, each of the three of us should have one in our office. How many days without just like a bitchy I'm ordering 25 bulk (laughs) red buttons and we're the one's going to our lawyer one's going to our accountant one's there's a bunch going to WME and we how many days has been to get the rest fucking irritated by the wine and crime gals (laughs) (laughs) that was the weird noise that was happening in my microphone before we every time we do an episode we've been doing this for five years Every time we do an episode, there's a mysterious new tech problem that we've (laughs) never encountered before. And this past today, it was bird chirping slash... An hour and a half of tech problems. Hours. Literal birds slash some sort of Halloween Corporate fire alarm. It was... In the background of Lucy's audio, and that we had to troubleshoot forever, and now I'm just hammered. Okay. We're drunk. Anyway, I'm almost done. done. (laughs) I'm almost done. So at the time, Jihai said she felt that she had no choice but to endure the bullying for fear of losing her chance at a successful career in the industry. And again, remember, Ji Young was the one who had the connections and the parents and the whole thing. Yes. 
So as a result of Ji Young's more powerful position in the industry, Ji Hai was effectively ostracized from the group. She recalled on Human Documentary that, quote, I even rode in a separate car. Oh. Well, we, was, get, we get separate hotel rooms. I was I a member it. of Sharp, yet I was always alone. So the Lucky. other four. <laughs> <laughs> Luck. Luck. <laughs> <laughs> I love you both, but you know where I you know where I'm coming from. The other, the other four members of the band would ride in like a limo together to like do. That's fine. I'd be fine with that. Ti had to consistently ride in her own car because she couldn't be in a limo. Wow, I'm so sorry. It's the most Lucy thing. It's the most. Look. It's the most Lucy thing I've ever fucking heard. So anyway. So anyway. So Jung Suk-kyun, another member of the group's original lineup, so one of the original guys, also appeared on the episode to back up Ji-hai. He described how, also fearful of losing fame and fortune, he had repeatedly asked Jihai to endure the bullying for the sake of keeping Sharp together. Quote, just hang in there, I guess. Just deal with it, because I want a I career. I need money. Yeah. Quote, she went through a lot. Only G- Lee Jihai could have endured that. If she hadn't, the group would have disbanded much earlier. So she went I mean, through like it's four not that years hard. of this. Come That's on. a lot. It's fine. You had your own limo. Relax. You get your own limo, your own hotel. <laughs> Fuck. Lucy's You're jealous. living the dream. Lucy's so jealous of Jihai. Lucy wants her own green room. Poor oh, thing. Can you imagine? Poor Jihai. <laughs> so Jung Suk-kyun also claimed that in 2013, he had gotten all of the former members of Sharp together to discuss the past Oh, and no. resolve That's a bad any- idea. <laughs> Did you learn nothing from the parking pass of 2004? <laughs> Did you learn nothing? And, <laughs> and resolve any lingering resentment. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Not it's called gonna a be quarterly meeting. <laughs> Our last it one was a year a ago. Year. <laughs> I, I told Zach's boss that. I was like, I don't know. You guys have a lot of meetings. We have a quarterly meeting and we have it once a year. <laughs> and it's fine. No one gets anxious about it beforehand at all. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> I have <laughs> perished. I have perished. So Lee Ji Hai confirmed this, stating that she had spoken and forgiven Ji <laughs> Young. Yeah, I yeah. Okay. Ji Young responded by being like, "Bitch, what? I never apologized. Oh, I don't know. I'm assuming." <laughs> 
However, a mess right now. However, this story of reconciliation was potentially contradicted by another incident that received coverage in South Korean tabloids when Lee Ji Hai was briefly hospitalized for exhaustion due to a grueling recording and performance schedule back in, back in the day. Ji Young reportedly visited and dropped off a bouquet of chrysanthemums. <laughs> Didn't stick around okay. for her to, like, be awake. No, 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 no. <laughs> Their symbolism. <laughs> it's Korea. Oh, According God. to some sources, chrysanthemums are strongly associated with the dead and funerals and yeah. should never <laughs> be given to the living. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I am ordering you both a bouquet of chrysanthemums and that right is now. My case. Yeah. Would welcome chrysanthemums. First of all, they're beautiful. Second of, all. Second of all, I can't wait to listen to this episode and experience it for the first time because I have never been so drunk in my life. I love how askew your glasses are. Are they oh, are not straight? They're not Bucket. off. <laughs> Who cares? So that's my case. Should it we hear shit? I'm sure it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Should we hear a quick word from our sponsor? Wait, but I'm scared. That means my turn's next. Yes. You gotta do it. You we can do popcorn. Do we can do popcorn. No, it's going to be fine. Just please don't ask me any questions. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Sounds Sponsors. Good. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. So you can skip those annoying trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that is why it is America's number one meal kit. We're big old fans of oh, HelloFresh, yeah. let me tell you. And you know what I love about it? HelloFresh isn't just for meals. They have a marketplace that features a variety of snacks. Mm. And if you're anything like me, you'll love snacks. Mm -hmm. So one of their seasonal snacks is this fall's pumpkin cinnamon rolls to get Hello. you in the mood for cozy season. <laughs> It's so good. And they also have options like quick and easy meals, low prep. Yes, please. One pan, minimize those dishes, and 10 to 15 minute meals. And that's time cut down spending on cooking and cleanup that you can give back to your family or quite honestly, yourself and the Real Housewives. Exactly. You got stuff to do. You got stuff to do. And I've really been into bowls lately. Mm-hmm. So HelloFresh has so many different cool bowl options. So they got like Cajun blackened chicken and rice bowls. Hello. Chicken Euro couscous bowls. Anything with couscous. I'm in. Sign me right up. Mm -hmm. I'm in. We got... Uh, carne asada steak bowls. Yeah. You got rice. You got a lot of fresh veggies. There's all sorts of beef bulgogi and pork bulgogi. So you're getting exposed to all these really interesting flavors. And especially with the bowls, which, like I said, I'm a huge fan of, you just throw it all in. You just eat it. You just mix it up and you eat it. It couldn't be easier. It is absolutely phenomenal. We are enormous fans of HelloFresh. You've got to try it out. Mm -hmm. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Gals14 and use that code Gals14, G-A-L-S-1-4, 
for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash Gals14 and use code Gals14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. When it comes to weddings, there are moments you'll always remember. And it's not just about walking down the aisle or like cutting the cake. There are just like a million little moments that can really stick with you. And often those are the things that you want to remember the most. So like Lucy and I recently were guests at a friend's wedding and uh, one of their um, bridal party gave a, a reading uh, during the ceremony, and she sang and did a reading from, as she said, the Gospel of Adam Sandler, the wedding singer song, and and sang the wedding singer song, and it was like both like funny but also sweet, and it definitely brought both of us to tears. Oh my god, that whole wedding was so beautiful, though it it really was. So. When you think about weddings, you want to be thinking about all those special moments. You don't want to be thinking about all the things on your to-do list that are stressing you out. And so we're here to tell you that in the lead up to your wedding day, the most important thing for you to remember right now is Zola. Yeah. Zola is everything. So whatever kind of wedding you're planning, Zola.com is the one place to start. They've got your back for all of your wedding needs. That's why over a million couples have planned their weddings with Zola. So if you're looking for the perfect venue, Zola has you covered with personalized recommendations. You want a great gift registry? You'll find everything you need from classic cookware to cash funds. They can help you create stunning save the dates, invitations, and a matching wedding website. It's all very cohesive. It's going to make you look really good. It'll make you look really put together, and also you don't have to be tech-savvy at all to make it work, and it just... It just is very convenient and and wonderful for you and your guests. And Kenya knows that from experience because she is not tech savvy. And guess what? She used Zola and her wedding was flawless. Thank you. And all their wedding planning tools are completely free to use. So you got your free wedding website that's home to your gift registry, which, by the way, comes with free shipping and returns. And it's not Mm -hmm. just free. It's also risk free because, like Kenyon said, you got enough on your plate. Yeah, you really do. You can get free personalized samples of your invitations so you can try them out before you buy them. And of course, free envelopes and guest addressing. When I got married, I plum forgot that I had to address the invitations. Mm-hmm. And that was like a very significant stress point for me because I did not use Zola because I got married a long time ago. Oh, yeah, it was before Zola, so you didn't have the pleasure. It was pre-Z, and you know what? I live to regret it. If I, God forbid I ever get married again, I mm-hmm. I know where I'm turning. Mm-hmm. So whatever your style or budget, Zola has you covered. You can think less about the million things on your to-do list and more about those million wedding moments that you will always remember. So if you're planning a wedding, here is our tip. Start with Zola. Go to Zola.com slash gals today and use that promo code SAVE50 for 50% off your save the dates. Zola is the one place to start your wedding day. That's Zola.com slash gals, G-A-L-S, and code SAVE50. 
Are you ready for, are, are my glasses straight? Are my you game? ready for your game? No. <laughs> are you kidding? No. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. I'm like scared. Okay, you're fine. Do it, do it, do no, it. No, I'm so good at this. It's fine. Okay. I know you're scared because the fan picker chose this case and said that it was That's a not true. dark. Wait, wait. Did we not do the fan picker? Did you not write the, the fan pick case? No. Was I supposed to? Yes. Where's the calendar? Oh, <laughs> yes. shit. You were super had a fan pick case cover. I did? I yes. never have that. <laughs> Wait. Wait. Oh, my God. Yep. I de- Oh, no. Yep. You were supposed to do the phone. <laughs> Just what do your I- fucking case. And, and then I'll, I'll owe her one? Yeah. Do I owe her one? Yeah, you owe her one. <laughs> I am going to get it there. <laughs> Ow. But I'm not going to get it there today because I fucked up. I fucked up very deeply. Well, this is the first time I've ever done this. You're realizing this in real time, people. Love right it. Right now on the air. <laughs> this is the air we're on. And I'm I'm going to tell you right now, my case is a disappointment. So I'm so sorry. And I am going to contact you when I am sober. And uh, Amanda will be emailing you directly, Katie I'm, Nash. I am going to arrange a make good, and you are going to get like a twofer. So I don't know. I think it's a win, 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 win. Oh, all right. Now we're going to move it away. with Take what I wrote away. several hours ago because I have no capacity to do anything else. Okay. <laughs> Wow, so this isn't so much a K-pop crime, because I misunderstood and ignored the assignment, as a K-pop scandal, but a lot of K-pop crimes I found, and hopefully Kate is not one of these, were just kind of sad charges for, like, smoking. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, spitting bubblegum on the sidewalk right? crime. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. underage drinking, which, check. Mm-hmm. And drinking and driving, which is a which That's is bad. a crime. They're so very, I wanted a very conservative culture. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I wanted to go in a different direction that Kenyon went in and wasn't the direction that the fan picker sent me in at all. Because <laughs> I am a bad person and bad at my job. <laughs> Today I'm going to be talking about the now defunct girl group Sistar. Oh, no. Ooh, and a couple star. of specific scandalous members, first of whom is Kim Dussel. Mm-hmm. Okay. To set the tone, I want to pay homage to a huge part of the K-pop fandom, fan fiction. Oh, no. Oh, Are there yes. books and stuff written about? Oh, wait, fan are, fiction is like not unique fic. to K-pop, is it? No, it's I a didn't part say of it was. I said oh, okay. it was a huge part of the K-pop fandom. Okay, okay. The word unique has not come into play here. <laughs> I may be drunk, but I know when I say unique. <laughs> unique New York. <laughs> the amount of fanfic out there for really any fandom. Like when I was reading Animorphs, a friend sent me an Animorph Harry Potter crossover fanfic. No, that's awesome. I can't. No. I like that. 
No. It was bonks and extremely long. <laughs> I could not get through it. Like the Harry like Potter longer book, than a Harry Potter book. It felt longer. <laughs> no, I could not get through it. These, I they can't. Get, they get so detailed. Mm-hmm. No, I can't. So this one's also long, but I'm going to read you just a portion mm-hmm. of a Dasam fanfic by user XX book underscore lover XX mm-hmm. entitled. I like that. What's Dasam? That's yeah, one of person. the K-pop people that I'm talking about today. Oh, yeah. okay. Keep up. Was I supposed to know that? Yes, because I said it at the beginning. Oh, okay. And then, okay, so the other person in this fanfic is a co-star of Sistar. Mm -hmm. This is just the beginning of part one. Book lover, here we go. Hyalin watches closely as Dasom leaves her to walk into the party. She can see how the men's eyes seem to devour her whole and her mind seems to still. Perhaps it would go unnoticed if the sim- if they if she I'm sorry simply disposed of them right now. But Dasam would kill her if she figured out that Hyolin had taken some lives for the sole reason of them looking at Dasam. Oh, taking lives is it like vampire shit? Mm, like murder shit. But then Hyolin has never valued human lives in general Mm -mm. as much as she does. She settles for just a glare at the men to which they look away, obviously uncomfortable. She truly despised letting people go as easily as that. However, Dasam wouldn't have it if she killed people, quote, without reason. Mm. Through an upper window, Hyolin could see her pass by just as well as she could see the people around staring. Rage boiled inside of her, although she didn't dare let it be visible. A window farther up revealed the man they were looking for, snorting some drug. (laughs) Some drug. Some drug. (laughs) Dasam would have to touch that. I know a lot about some drugs. Some drugs. I mean, how many drugs could you possibly snort? (laughs) I mean, actually kind of a lot. Disgust curled around in her chest. The man didn't deserve even the most disgusting woman in the world, and yet here he was getting the most beautiful. Mm. His head snapped up, and Hyalin assumed that he had finally reached his room. Being seated in the car became more and more unappealing as Dasam wound her hand through his hair and pressed her lips to his. She could see the twitch of her hand and the slight grimace on her face behind his head as she smelled and tasted the drug he had been using only moments ago. (laughs) The drug. Dasam led him out of the building. She did so slowly, ever so careful with her actions. One second they were in the bedroom, the next she had led him out and over to a corner of the floor below them. Hyolin could only see the process from the windows of the house. It infuriated her how the man was taking advantage of Dasom. He had the world at his fingertips, and yet he was pulling at its hair and ruining its lips. A lot of hair pulling. I think also... Uh, Hyalin might have some unresolved feelings for Dasam. I think the yeah. writer of Hyalin's perspective yeah. might have some <laughs> unresolved feelings for Dasam. <laughs> yeah. 
Are you reading this whole thing? No, I'm about to stop. <laughs> okay, but just good. a tiny bit more. I know it's rough, but it's worth it's it. It's a lot. <laughs> Eventually, Dassault managed to lead the man outside. He had looked up for a moment upon realizing that they were outside. But the look of teasing playfulness on Dassault's face Whoa. had seemingly convinced him to ignore it. Hyolin oh. finally stepped out of the car as the man stumbled into an alley after Dassault. She stuck her gun in one <laughs> side of her waistband and a knife in the other. Her footsteps landed softly on the concrete as she strode into the alley. There, pressed up against the wall, was Dassault. Oh, yes, she would enjoy this one. Uh, so Dassault killed is- him is luring the man to the alleyway so her friend will kill him? Boom. Wow. Fan fan fiction, man. That goes on for pages? Mm -hmm. And I'm stopping. Uh, He screeches in pain as a great joy to her. Uh, <laughs> quote, my God, just go get me some Cheetos. She threw she opened a the link. Lucy opened the link. I opened the link. My, just, <laughs> my God, just go get me some Cheetos. I mean, same. I mean, so honestly, now yes. that your whistles are properly wetted. Uh, <laughs> let's get into this scandal. <laughs> And given the amount of thirsty K-pop fans and the potential for epic fanfic that could come out of this, I have no follow-up for that, but who knows. I thought this story was worthy of K-pop crimes and ignored the assignment (laughs) that I was supposed to cover, but I promise to cover it, and I am deeply sorry forever. Kim Dasom was born May 6th. 1993, which is literally <laughs> painful to read. Oh, no. <laughs> and better known as just Dasom. She is a South Korean singer and actress who is best known as the youngest member of South Korean girl group, Sistar, which was under Starship Entertainment. I see what they did there. Like Starship, Star, Sistar. Mm-hmm. These K-pop groups, and we've covered this today, as well as... In our Boy Band Crimes episode, they have a very closely curated image and expectations of behavior. They work very hard with teams of people to maintain a balance of innocence and approachability with veiled, like, sexy stardom. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. a, it's like a tightrope walk. You can date me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, but also you, you know. can't because that would ruin the image, mm-hmm. you know? I know, but the image is you can date right. me, mm-hmm. you can right. have me, whatever. Not like availability, but yeah. also like chaste. I don't know how they do whatever. it. That seems like a huge burden mm-hmm. to bear. Mm-hmm. So, when, so when a scandal is revealed... To break or tarnish that image, it's a huge fucking deal, as Kenyon got to in her segment. And there are certainly people out there who either want to tarnish those reputations, like intentionally, just out of malice, or who simply knew that, like, knew these people, these stars, before they were stars, mm-hmm. and call out the fact that their new personas are bullshit. Yeah, this person is not who you think they are. No, not great. No, no. So this is more or less what happened with 17-year-old Dasom and her bandmate Hyolin. 
Sistar was a new and relatively unknown addition to the K-pop zeitgeist when they were featured in Korean fashion magazine Sesi. Mm. Shortly after they became a bigger name, stories of the members as, like, school children started popping up all over the internet in the comments section of any new reporting on this group. People would go to the comments and be like, I knew so-and-so, and they were a, a imagine, huge useless bitch. Imagine if people had access to reviews of us as school children. <laughs> you guys, I... Like I don't. Those three. It's need too scary. Help. <laughs> That's too scary to think about, and yeah, I'm a little mad gross. at you for even saying it. <laughs> it's. I mean, yeah. Aside from Again, us, watch just your being back. Self, like aside from us being self-deprecating, it's fucking horrifying. Mm-hmm. It's like, scary. It shouldn't happen. Yeah, it's gross. No, everybody was hot garbage yeah. in their teen in early Ugh. 20 it's just it is mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. i mean so, at, at, at any age yeah honestly prior to you being 18 if not 21 should oh my be God. kept 25. completely, 25. completely 25. private but 25 legally, and under should be expunged from but history legally yeah it's 18 right, 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 right. or 21 so at least it should be those ages yeah listen we're fucked. totally anonymous we're fucked leave we're them fucked. alone mm-hmm. this will be our last episode oh <laughs> my god I, that's a lie it's not we're we need slinking back into anonymity Ideally, it would, it would be like 28 and above. Listen, A, I like attention. B, I can't wait tables again. So we got to keep going. <laughs> There's, I can't go back. You guys, I can't go back. Can't it's fucking too go late. Back. It's too late. My life is it's in your hands. My life is in your hands. It's too late. So here's what I my life is in your hands. Here's what some folks were saying of Dussel. And yes, there is a lot of misogyny and shaming in these comments. This is an internet comment section. No. It's gonna be trash. Oh, no. Trigger warning. Quote, <laughs> I'm really speechless as to what possessed this clueless girl to become a singer. Drinking and smoking were just the basics. She dated a lot of guys. Oh, my God. Even if they were just friends, she'd hug them and cling onto their arm. If another kid said anything about her, she'd call them over. Okay, this is where it gets bad. She'd call them over and she would hit them, dust her cigarette ash into the air, make the kid catch her cigarette ash in their hands, spit into their shoes, clothing, hair, and bag. What? Then after she put something like a plastic bag over the kid's head who had defamed her, she began to hit the kid and her friends hit the kid with their palms. But Dasalm told them to use their fists since their palms would get swollen. She told them to hit the kid in the mouth so that their teeth fell out. So don't slap, punch. Don't slap, punch. She hit their eyes and nose, and she told her friends to hit them in the ear so they'd go deaf. Ugh. Ow. Oh, ow. She also gathered her guy friends when she was beating a kid. This is another quote. Sistar was originally supposed to debut in April, but Kim Dasam couldn't kick her smoking, so they pushed their debut to June. 
So these are just randos on the internet these are leaving comments. comments. Correct. Could not be corroborated. Correct. Correct. Quote, before she debuted, Dassal <laughs> nagged and cursed out the kids that she didn't like. But when her debut was confirmed, she completely changed her attitude. Well, yeah, she's a professional. Mm, she's in the public eye. I like it. Well, what what all, what of this is true? I, I'm going to give you a spoiler. Okay. We don't know, and we're never going to know. <laughs> oh, okay. Quote, when she was a high, uh, high school freshman, she did her eyes and her nose. I think that means, like, plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. And she, she covered her, her face her in preparation for her debut. I mean, yeah, a lot of people That's do. what I want everyone to Hi, say Botox, about me before our 25th year reunion. <laughs> Listen, my wow, whole face. She had, eyes she had a lot of work. Done. In preparation for her debut. If the <laughs> one thing people take away from my hour, because we're the same grad year, 25th high school reunion is that I had a lot of work done. I will have achieved everything I ever wanted to achieve. High school. That's the peak. Oh, I'm literally high school work. I'm literally my 25th his. <laughs> Reunion. I am too lazy and poor to get a lot of work done, but I if want Botox, it. You're if the Botox <laughs> on a discount for my birthday is a lot of work done, then you can go fuck. Yourself. You're the witch from De Death Becomes Her. Yeah, with I, all the shirtless I love men. It. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm fucking. Care for it. If only. So, <laughs> continuing on the case I was never supposed S -H -less to cover. Ageless, you. Yo. From here, rumors <laughs> spread that Dassam was part of a school gang referred to as Iljine. From soulbeats.com, Iljine is a tough word to define in exact terms. Formerly reserved exclusively for gangsters or members of the mafia, it was used to refer to the first round of fighters or a group's best fighters. It literally translates to first team. Mm. Nowadays, it is used more frequently to refer to a school's bad kids, quote unquote, the ones that are constantly disrupting class, check, getting in trouble, check, check. ditching school, check, check. smoking, check. check, drinking, check, check. and or engaging in sexual activity, check, check, check. <laughs> fucking check. So I'll never be in a K-pop so for multiple you reasons. Are Il Jean? Yeah. I was Il Jean. A, I was not Il Jean. No, you were not. Amanda was Iljean. I was, I was the embodiment Ilgene. of Iljean. I was Billy Jean. She was Iljean. Billy Jean was not my lover. Built Billy Jean. In 2015, <laughs> several members of the group gave interviews explaining that they are misunderstood and that these rumors were unsubstantiated about the bullying. Okay. They also tried to squash rumors that they were bullying each other. Based on fan reactions to playful comments or even <laughs> facial expressions that they deemed worrisome. This is an excerpt from one of their interviews. Quote, so you explains that sometimes their fans misunderstand them because they always use big gestures when they talk. Mm. She recounts one time when their youngest member, Dasom, was telling them 
you guys. But like, imagine it in Korean. <laughs> you guys, I think my body isn't as nice as yours. She was complaining like, quote, I want to look like you guys. Okay. Then Soyu and Hyorin, Hyorlin, react the scene or reenact the scene with Soyu pretending to be Dasom. Hyolin shows how after Dasom had complained about her body, Hyolin gestured dramatically at her while yelling, but you're so pretty all over, including your face. All right. Well, it sucks that like disparaging one's own body is how one bonds <laughs> with fellow I know. females. Is it not the most like. It's so true. And it's so true. so true. It's like the scene mm-hmm. in Mean Girls when mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I hate my blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah in front of the mirror. My and that's how they're beds. bonding. Yeah. 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 My eyelids are fat. It, uh, the whole thing makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. But the girls then imitate the face that Dasom was making after after she said, like, my body doesn't look like yours. I want to look like you, which made some onlookers think that she was being bullied. But, like, neither Dasom or any of the other members of Sistar felt that way. Okay. Quote, because of our strong image, there's been a lot of times when we've been misunderstood, says Soyu. Hyolin adds that it's really upsetting when people misunderstand us. So, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes yeah. people will put words in mouths and purposely yes. misunderstand things. I do feel like people hear and see what, what, they, what want. they want to hear and see. And we've definitely experienced this to some degree. And obviously, we are not on even close to the same level of, of stardom as like a K pop group. Mm-mm. But if we experience that to some degree, mm-hmm. I can't even fucking imagine what these children have to go literal through. Literal children have to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be aware of what you're projecting onto people who are l- less hardened than we yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so soon the tide turned to band member Hyolin when a former classmate from her middle school came forward about being, quote, bullied and tormented by Hyolin. Mm. Quote, the accuser who identified herself as a former classmate of Hyolin said she dis- felt disgusted whenever she saw the singer on TV. She described herself as a survivor of school bullying. She said, quote, to me, it's an almost it's almost a miracle that I am still alive. Oh, describing her school days as a nightmare. She alleged Hyolin had bullied her for three years throughout middle school and that the bullying occurred at school as well as a playground near the family's home. So I know that people could say all kinds of shit about me from middle school, but I also am confident nobody could say this because I didn't bully anybody. I bullied you. Amanda did bully me. (laughs) I bullied you. Yeah. Yeah. Under influence from a third party. And I feel like I was the only person you ever bullied. Pretty much. Yeah. Very much. But mm-hmm. you know what? It's the foundation of our it's relationship. Mm-hmm. Look I at would us say now. In the name of us owning all of our shit, I think that all of us probably bullied different people, whether we remember it or oh, not. Oh, absolutely. So, We're all capable of it. And mm-hmm. in the name of defaming that third party, they are now desperately selling items for an MLM. That's true. I feel <laughs> I feel we, good about my choices. 
we have solidified our bonds, found a way to love each other mm-hmm. through it all, and built a successful business. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, I believe you. Yes. I mean, and maybe we're thriving. There, are, there are also things that we just like don't remember when we're Oh that my young, god, so. 100%. I'm and like what our friend Scott said, <laughs> who blot. upon <laughs> plot upon upon re-meeting a bunch of people who we hadn't seen since elementary school, they were like, "Oh, I'm so sorry for X, Y, and Z." And we're like, "Well, what the fuck? I don't even remember that." Right. Yeah. Like, you know. I think we don't remember. It's so hard I mean, obviously, in the context of just mundane reality, everybody's lived experience is so personalized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and therefore very different. And so I think it's possible to apologize and atone for impact Mm -hmm. while also maybe having a different idea of intent or remembering mm-hmm. yeah. the situation differently. I mean, there's we'll no also- way that Vlad Blitterson remembers hitting my face with a basketball in elementary right. school. But <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah. But if he wanted but to like- apologize, I'd accept. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And hey, our DMs probably are not going to happen. <laughs> They're but open. also like the things that you remember are not the things that other no. people remember. There's so no we, such we thing. Can't talk, we can't talk about bullying and no. and expect other people to remember the same things that we remember. It's not all the same, and that is not to forgive excuse anything or no. excuse. And we'll kind of get to it. It's just a reminder of the complication of memory. Of memory, and we have talked about that a million times, how fucking, like, eyewitnesses are not Mm -hmm. even necessarily super reliable. It's just, it's a whole thing. And now with this, there's the added layer of complication of this person being famous and wealthy, Mm -hmm. while somebody else is is not. not. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- we need to listen to and believe these stories, and also have a have a healthy level of skepticism mm-hmm. because I think that that is required in all aspects of our lives in every way, shape, and form. Mm-hmm. A healthy skepticism is always gonna steer you in a decently right direction. Mm-hmm. You guys, I'm so drunk. Yeah. We're almost at the end. We're Here we cruising. go. We're almost so. Her PR team, Dasum's and Hyland's PR teams, acted quickly, releasing this statement. Quote, we deeply regret the media coverage. This is, again, this was Hyland that was called out in this specific portion. We deeply regret the media coverage because, because, oh my God. Because. Her allegation was reported without fact checking. What the alleged victim said was her own interpretation and whether her description is true or not has not been proven, end quote. But despite mm-hmm. trying to deny the allegations, a settlement of, un- of an unknown amount was made with the accuser out of court so that no one, I think, will ever really know how much they paid this person to be like, let's not. That's Let's just, not just talk sh- about this anymore. Just like a shh, 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 Sign this thing. Mm-hmm. Just like a shh, shh. Mm-hmm. Sign this BTS slash NDA. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Bind, torture, sing. Bind, torture, sing. So Sistar stayed active for seven years before disbanding in 2020. It's a good run. So it was a fucking real good run. And they disbanded so that members could pursue their own solo career paths. 
allegations of bullying in K-pop groups is not new. Yu Young Hwin, keyboardist for the boy group Janabi, was also accused of bullying former classmates before his rise to stardom. He admitted the allegations were true and quit the band. Whoa. Yeah. So you know they're you know they have a lot of receipts if yeah. it's like, yep, I did okay, it. Okay, I did it. Bye, bye. Yeah. Another aspiring K-popper, Yoon Seo Bin, was on a reality TV audition show, Making the Band, mm-hmm. to be in the next big K-pop band called Produce 101X. Could have been Ashley he, Angel. Could have been Ashley Angel. He was trying to be Ashley Angel. He ended up dropping out because of bullying allegations from former classmates and his mm. pending contract with JYP Entertainment was dissolved. Obviously, like I said before, bullying is a serious issue and these stars are like literal children who leave school to pursue these careers that launch them suddenly into the public eye, which makes accountability swift and painful. So all that to say... Both realities can be true, Mm -hmm. and they're just inflated times 10 because it's all in the tabloids. Mm -hmm. So I'm obviously not against school bullies seeing accountability. Like, I don't think bullying is okay. Mm -hmm. But I also a little bit feel for these kids who don't even get a chance to, like, reconcile who they are and Mm -hmm. grow and change and atone for their behavior Mm -hmm. before they have millions of eyes on them. So, like, all of it Exactly. I'm going to make sure that you're canceled for bullying me in middle school, Amanda. I'm I'm okay (laughs) with... Honestly, I'm ready to be canceled. I'm exhausted. My Botox is wearing off, so I, like, need to get out of the public eye. (laughs) My God. Frankly... I'm exhausted I'm also. Okay, I'm with you. I'm on this campaign from with you. you. I support you. <laughs> so sociologist Kwok Dae Kyung was, re- was weighing in on this exact like situation and said that the K-pop trainee system is tough because it pulls kids out of school and makes it harder for them to learn good behavior and emotional regulation skills. I'm sure. Quote, once signing contracts with talent agencies, many aspiring singers or actors quit school to focus on training for their future careers, he said. So compared to ordinary people, people in show business have relatively fewer opportunities to learn decent behavior. So I think agencies need to pay extra attention to educate their artists, particularly minors and teenagers, end quote. I mean, it makes sense. Like, it's such a competitive industry and they're like, you know, it's like high octane competition and then they're supposed to like not be competitive and like right. mean to other people. They see everybody as a threat. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, tough. It's really it's fucking It's a different tough. world that they're like being mm-hmm. raised in and they're not even being raised by their parents. It's mm-hmm. like their handlers. Mm-hmm. Essentially. It's, a, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. So That's all that to say... People are monsters. All that to say, people are monsters. And Kate, I am. Listen, Katie. our fan picker, our special thanks this week to I'm our fan so picker. So sorry, Katie Nash. We're really sorry, <laughs> but also it's like too late to go. Amanda back. owes you. Amanda I owes you, you. But also, and I will like, make good. I will make good. Amanda sows you. <laughs> you guys, I'm so sorry. I we're can't gonna. Bo- 
This has not ever happened it's, to me. It's bedtime now. I love you all so much. Goodbye. Love you. See you next week. Bye. I'm so sorry. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Cheers!